Welcome. It is uh, 10.32, Friday, August 13th, 2021. This is the time set for the public hearing on the proposed adoption of new rules one and two pertaining to marijuana provider canopy tier size increases and the amendment of ARM 4239-123 pertaining to limitations on marijuana advertising. My name is Todd Olson and I've been designated by the Director of the Department of Revenue to preside over and conduct this hearing. If you haven't already done so, please log in on the witness registry located on the tables outside the auditorium. Here with us representing the Department's Cannabis Control Division is Division Administrator Kristen Barber, who will be presenting information and explaining the Department's position regarding the proposed rulemaking. Also here with us are other representatives of the Cannabis Control Division. If everybody is ready, I will formally open this administrative rules hearing and dispense with some required business. The Montana Administrative Procedure Act requires me to read the Notice of Function of Administrative Rule Review Committee. Notice of Function of the Administrative Rule Review Committee, Interim Committees and the Environmental Quality Council. Administrative Rule Review is a function of Interim Committees in the Environmental Quality Council, or EQC. These Interim Committees in the EQC have Administrative Rule Review, Program Evaluation, and monitoring functions for the executive branch agencies and the agencies attached to, or the entities attached to those agencies for administrative purposes. The Economic Affairs Interim Committee has statutory oversight with regard to the rule changes proposed by the Cannabis Control Division of the Department of Revenue. The Interim Committees and the EQC have the authority to make recommendations to an agency regarding the adoption, amendment, or repeal of a rule or to request that the agency prepare a statement of the estimated economic impact of a proposal. They may also poll members of the legislature to determine if a proposed rule is consistent with the intent of the legislature or during a legislative session introduce a bill which would repeal a rule or direct an agency to adopt or amend a rule or a joint resolution recommending that an agency adopt, amend, or repeal a rule. The interim committees in the EQC welcome comments and invite members of the public to appear before them or to send written statements in order to bring to their attention any difficulties with the existing or proposed rules. The mailing address is P.O. Box 201-706, Helena, Montana 59620-1706. The Department of Revenue maintains a list of interested persons who wish to receive notices of the department's rulemaking actions. If you would like to be added to the list, you may sign up here today on the witness registry, sign up on the department's website at www.mtrevenue.gov, or you may email me in care of the department. My email address is todd, T-O-D-D, dot O-L-S-O-N, at mt.gov. The department published this notice of public hearing on the proposed rulemaking as MAR Notice Number 42-1032 in the 2021 Montana Administrative Register, Issue Number 14, dated July 23, 2021, at page 908, and notified all interested parties of record. At this hearing, any interested person may submit data, views, or arguments orally or in writing. You may hand me your written comments. Mail them to me, care of the Department of Revenue, at P.O. Box 7701, Helena, Montana, 59604, or you may email them to me at the email address that I provided. 
If you have specific rule or text changes to recommend, you may also provide them to me via the means I just described. The comment period for this proposed rulemaking remains open through 5 p.m. August 23rd, 2021. This hearing is being recorded. For those providing comment, please speak into the microphone at the podium and identify yourself and with whom you represent, if applicable, at the beginning of your statements. Please confine your statements to the proposed rulemaking. If reading from a prepared statement, I would appreciate it if you could provide me with a copy of that upon completion. That way we have an accurate record of your statements. The purpose of this hearing is to receive public comment on the proposed rulemaking only. This is not a contested case proceeding and this does not operate much like a legislative hearing where questions can be asked of the panel and those who are providing commentary. The department will take all oral and written comments into consideration prior to finalizing its proposed rulemaking and we will formally respond to them in the final adoption notice which is provided under 24305 Montana Code Annotated. Ms. Barber will open up with an overview of the proposed rulemaking. I will then invite people to provide testimony or comments. Again, for the record, please identify yourself if you have a name that's maybe difficult to, to pronounce or, or hear through the audio. If you could spell that, that would be appreciated. And the, the organization with, again, whom it is that you are affiliated. With that, I'll turn the floor over to Kristen. Good morning again. I am Kristen Barber, the Administrator of the Cannabis Control Division with the Montana Department of Revenue. Um, as I previously introduced, we have Aaron Ducharme, the Deputy Administrator, Courtney Cosgrove, the Attorney for the CCD, Devin Keller, the Manager of the Inspectors, and Andrew Hoffman, our Management Analyst. Thank you for taking the time today to attend the hearing on MAR Notice 421032. This rule package is why many of you have traveled today to speak or to submit written comments to the department. This package consists of rules, of new rules for provider and marijuana infused products providers tiers 10 through 12, canopy license and registered premise requirements, and the annual fee structures associated with those tiers. The department elected to add the new tier systems now as a result of House Bill 701 after receiving feedback from the industry about the desire to increase production in anticipation of the adult use market sales that will become effective January 1st, 2022. The second part of this rules package amends ARM 4239-123 pertaining to the limitations on the advertising as a result of the passage of House Bill 249. I suspect that, that, that this amended advertising rule bring, draft is what brings many of you here today. House Bill 249 significantly changes the advertising parameters for the for marijuana businesses, and the department researched what other states allowed for signage sizes and acceptable wording, as well as the electronic advertising requirements that are defined in House Bill 249. The draft before you is our understanding of the legislative intent of House Bill 249 and how best to implement the new law. Our staff spent considerable time during the legislative session meeting with the marijuana industry, legislators, and the governor's office to clarify how best to implement House Bill 249. The department values public, the public's participation in the rulemaking process 
Your comments, whether stated at the podium or submitted in writing, are greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Kristen. Um, I, I suppose in order to maybe best facilitate comments for this, um, since we don't have such things necessarily with these as, as proponents and opponents, um, I, what we found, at least in this venue, works um, fairly well is for anybody that would like to present a comment, if maybe we could just have you line up um, along this wall here by the podium. You can come down in the order that are presented or you can, you know, talk amongst yourselves and, and figure out who it is that, that goes in which order. Um, again, if you have prepared testimony, it would be most expeditious if you could just provide that testimony and, and give a, a verbal summary of that. Um, we do have a, a fair amount of time allocated to this. We've allocated two hours total for the rule hearing, um, but uh, you know, I guess we would ask that uh, again your your comments be to the point and relevant to the rulemaking. So, with that, ma'am, please come on up. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, my name is Melissa Lewis, and I'm here today on behalf of myself. I am a registered lobbyist, but I am not representing a client or any business. Uh, today. I'm representing myself as the lobbyist and the only lobbyist that worked to pass House Bill 249 during the last legislative session. I'm here today to speak about the intent of the bill, which was articulated during the committee hearings and on the House and Senate floors by the bill sponsor. What I'd like to read is the legislative intent um, as offered in the committees and on the House and Senate floors. On February 2nd, during the House Business and Labor Committee hearing, the sponsor stated, this is House Bill 249. It is not about legalization about marijuana. It is not about recreational. It is not about how you voted for I-190. This bill is about one thing. It is about the relation between the legal market and the illicit market. Do we as a state want to drive people to the legal market or to the illicit market? This bill only fixes one little aspect of that. It allows the legal market a very small and discreet avenue to reach the legal consumers. If we do not allow the legal market this one small advertising concession, we'll be putting them even more at a disadvantage than they already are. And he was speaking about competing with the illicit market. There will be customers. The question is, where do we want them to go to get marijuana? I say the legal market. If you look at the bill, page three, section two, is the entirety of the bill. It says on line three, on line three it says licensees may not advertise marijuana except with one concession, that they can use a website or an app to reach customers. This is a very targeted and discreet way to reach customers, and you can see the prohibitions listed below that. The prohibitions are stated on page three of the bill, section two. I'm sure you have a copy of the bill. And it is my position today that the proposed rules go well beyond the scope of the legislation by making it more restrictive to advertise. Then, on the House floor, February 2nd, the bill sponsor stated, what this bill is not about is how you voted on I-190 or whether you want marijuana recreational, legal or not. This bill is about one thing, and that's the relation between the legal market and the illicit market. Do we as a state want to drive people to the legal market that is regulated and in the light? Or do we as a legislature want a thriving illicit market? All this bill does is give the legal license holders 
a small discrete avenue to advertise their products. It's a target market, it's not in the public eye, and it will help with the fight against the illicit market. Then the Senate Business and Labor Committee hearing, a sponsor stated, House Bill 249, currently under Montana Medical Marijuana, there is no outlet for advertising. We currently passed I-190, which recreational marijuana is now here. This is not about I-190. This is about a legal product that will be on the market and whether licensees get an avenue to advertise their products or not. This is a very discreet way for marijuana dispensaries to be out there. All this does is let them have a website and an app to advertise their price and their product. And then finally on the Senate floor, House Bill 249, the sponsor stands up and says, this is our legal advertising bill. What this does is it revises the laws to regulate the Montana advertisement for marijuana. It combats the illicit market activity. It prevents widespread ads from inundating the general public and persons under the age of 21. And it directs the target market to legal licensed Montana businesses. That is the intent of House Bill 249. It was stated clearly during the legislative process. And to close, I'll offer my testimony, which again, I'm offering on behalf of myself and no client or business. What I said during the hearings, both in the House and the Senate, is that um, I believe that advertising pro uh, policies can be constructed so that they both protect public safety and allow for legal operators to successfully grow their businesses and compete with the illicit market. Um, there's no need for advertising limits. Uh, we strongly agree that there's a need for advertising limits to reduce public nuisance and to ensure that such advertising is not false or misleading or attempting to target children. However, Montana's current advertising restrictions go so far that it is difficult for consumers to find or differentiate between licensed and unlicensed operators. The most discreet form of advertising targeting a specific adult market can be key for combating and competing against the illicit market by promoting consumer knowledge, fostering brand loyalty, and allowing small Montana cannabis businesses to stay competitive. As we've seen in many other states, digital advertising is playing a very important role in maintaining a competitive, regulated cannabis market. Technology is a central pillar of consumer practices in the 21st century, and cannabis policies should support these discrete, customer-facing technologies in order to shift consumption from the illicit market to the legal market. To meet the demands and preferences of modern consumers, cannabis businesses must be able to adapt to the dynamic nature of the digital economy. So it is my position that the proposed rules go far beyond the scope of the legislative language included in House Bill 249 on page 3, and it also, um, I believe, undermines legislative intent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ms. Lewis. Kate Palova again, C-H-O-L-E-W-A for the MTCIA. Um, I was at the hearings, both hearings for 249, beginning to end, watched the second readings from the galleries, watched third reading. Uh, the MTCIA testified in favor of House Bill 249. Uh, we feel a little bit like there is a legislative bait and a little bit of an administrative switch uh, when it comes to what happened with this legislation. Um, as uh, Melissa said, 42-1032 reaches far beyond anything discussed. It's the objective or the goal of House Bill 249 during the hearings. Um, the bill was sold on allowing for a directory that enables customers to be sure they are reaching the licensed and legal market. There was no discussion of revoking a dispensary's ability to be visible to the market and responsibly branded. 
further throughout the broader legislative discussion, it was repeatedly stated that an objective was to give the current licensed businesses time to establish themselves in the new regulatory framework, uh, keeping those businesses from being able to distinguish themselves in any manner, we believe, goes um, against that objective. Um, in addition, the chapter into which the advertising provisions uh, in the law are integrated, 1612.112, um, says the department may not adopt any rule or regulation that is unduly burdensome or undermines the purpose of this chapter. And we do believe that these advertising, most of these, many of these advertising rules do just that. Um, and just as a comment, too, um, some of the verbiage required um, when applied to testing labs is, a, is kind of irrational, uh, given what they do. Um, we want, we all want, I think, a well-regulated, safe market and a pleasing and dignified interface in our communities. Um, we will submit uh, specific ideas for modifications that we hope will enable these goals to be met. So our specifics will lead to the written testimony. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Glenn Broughton, and I own Starbuds in Missoula, Lolo, and St. Regis. And I've been in this industry for over 13 years now, and I've seen things that would make any logical person scratch their heads in disbelief. Um, and with the passage of recreational cannabis, I thought we were finally past all the shenanigans uh, that were being pulled against the anti or against the cannabis industry and business in general. Um, these rules, they completely take away our ability to brand our businesses and set ourselves aside from one another. Every dispensary in this state is different and unique, you know, just like the people that visit them. And to lump us all together as one big group of pot shops is absurd and, quite frankly, insulting. Um, so let's just look at the signage requirements, for instance. Since we really can't brand our businesses with all the proposed bans on social media, TV, and radio, we might as well say what we're selling as opposed to who we are. And so I brought a mock-up of the sign that is now going to be legal to put up. So that's for everybody to see. So that's what everybody, you're going to see these on every single shop around. Because, like I said, if we can't brand ourselves, this is what, what's going to happen. And to me, that is way more appalling or offensive than any sign I've ever seen advertising cannabis currently. Um, the thing is, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars, you know, on my signage, branding my business over the last 13 years, and I am not going to abandon that without a fight. That's a fact. <clears throat> so, in the past three days, I've been able to assemble 17 providers that have agreed to file a class action lawsuit for this overreach. And this doesn't even include all the newspapers, radio stations, TV stations, billboard companies, and, all, and the huge list of charitable organizations that we can no longer uh, sponsor or fund. I think they might have something to say about it too. So long story short, we're not asking for anything special treatment or any, anything of the like. We're just wanting to be treated like every other taxpaying business. And that starts with responsible regulation. And this is not it. Mr. Broughton, could you spell your last name, please? B-R-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. Wonderful. Thank you.
Go right ahead, sir. Okay. Thank you. That was heavy. Um, I'm going to set the timer for myself so I don't ramble on too much. What, five minutes, is that appropriate? Or? That would okay. be great. I think we're doing good on time. Thank okay. you. All right. So my name is Joshua Gosney. I am uh, president of Infinity Wellness Incorporated. Most of you know me. <coughs> well, that's a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, these advertising regulations, they go far beyond the scope of what I remember during legislation. I don't know which private meetings these were held in, but, you know, they were talking about black and white packaging, and, and it's, now it's turned into this giant sign thing, and that's, that's one thing we're going to talk about at the end. But what I really want to get into is that. I also want to talk about, you know, social media, sponsorships, and just the general the general purpose of this seems to be to kind of put us into a small corner and hide us from the rest of the public when we're already there. Like I'm, in Great Falls, I'm already very hard to find. It's difficult to find us. Um, I think the problem, the problem that we're going to have, as opposed to states like Illinois, where it's largely populated and densely populated, and it's, it's way more risky to buy weed in Chicago than it is on the streets of Montana. And people will most likely stay with their illicit providers if they cannot find dispensaries. And I think that that's a huge issue. I think that's a, and not being able to sponsor charitable events for what reason? Are we are we not good enough to do that? Uh, is that this, this legislation said that we're bad people and that we shouldn't be able to sponsor a, a youth organization? Or if we do, we can't take credit for it? Um, <clears throat> it doesn't make sense to me. And then the whole thing with social media. Facebook, Google, they already don't allow you to advertise cannabis at all. So the language here doesn't specify whether or not we can have any type of social media at all. That, um, or if we, we just, if, if it has to be all private. And where's the line between private communications and social media? Um, uh, that's not clear to me at all in this. So I, I will submit some suggested revisions to these regulations. Um, but those, those are kind of the three issues here that I saw the most problem with. Um, <coughs> A lot of the stuff, I, I understand that there's an, an intent to expand advertising regulations as they are so that they are clear because they have been tough to enforce. And I get that. I recognize that. And I think that that's, you know, it's important that we get that dialed in. But at the same time, um, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Back in 2006, uh, after Valentine's Day, I was, uh, my, my buddy was on the phone with me. He was driving to Walmart, and he got killed on, while I was on the phone with him. He died turning into Walmart. Um, to 2019 in October, Amanda, uh, my inspector, was driving to Lewistown, and at the time we had an eight by eight sign, and that's a, this is about four by six. We had an eight by eight sign, Infinity Wellness. It was our design, right? And it just said it just had the logo and an arrow. And she called me, couldn't find the place, and I heard a honk on the horn. And I looked over and I saw a semi truck almost kill her. She almost got killed that day, that morning, on the highway. I can tell you right now, there's no way on God's green earth that anybody driving 70 miles per hour past my Lewistown store is going to see anything on this sign. And when and and their attempt to look for it, there's two problems. First, talking and driving is not safe. Right? We all know that. Two, talking and driving and looking for a sign is not safe. Now, I don't want blood on my hands. All right, I've already I've already had one friend die on me when I was talking to him on the phone, and that 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 fucked with me. It traumatized me. It, it sorry, pardon my language, but it wasn't it wasn't good. I mean, it affected my life, and now we're saying that we can only make signs a certain size. So what if what if my mom or some little old lady's trying to see, and she's trying to look for some sign that she can't see, and then she gets killed? 
I don't know if the Department of Revenue wants that blood on their hands. I think the Right-of-Way Bureau should have some say in what you guys are doing here. I, it might be a little out of line with sign sizes. And, I'm, and you know, I want the record to reflect clearly that if something happens to some customer looking for a sign, I, don't, I, I feel like that it's my responsibility to say that these sign size restrictions are ridiculous. And somebody's going to get hurt. You know, it's hard. I mean, drive home and try to find a street sign. Those are huge. They're like 40 inches long. And you can still barely see those. If you're, you know, these people have medical conditions and they're trying. What if they have glaucoma or cancer and they and they have and they're suffering from side effects? It, it, we're getting into we're getting into a safety issue here with signs. And it's and with my 30 seconds left, I just I want you guys to think about the sign sizes and the colors and how that affects the psychology and the ability for people to see where we are. We're already we're already far so far out. You're not we're out of town. You know, we're already just saying our brand name and in color and with an arrow, is that really that bad? I mean, my logo looks like a health store. You wouldn't even know. And, and so I think, that, you know, the specific regulations on signs should be more to the point of not advertising marijuana stuff instead of making stuff like this, which I don't know if it does anything but make it worse. And, it, and it's, that's all I got. Thank you guys for your time. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Chris Young, Christopher Young. I uh, am with my own law firm, the Young Law <coughs> Office. Um, by way of introduction, I am a lawyer in Bozeman. I represent a number of um, medical marijuana clients right now, uh, soon to be recreational marijuana clients, uh, many of whom are in the uh, auditorium here today. Um, most of my practice focuses on regulatory compliance. Um, and uh, I believe that the people that I work with want desperately to comply with the law, and I work hard with them to, to help them do so. Um, I'm a little bit of a law nerd, and so I'm going to try to provide you with another hook to uh, use to change uh, some of these regulations. Um, I know that, uh, well, first of all, I want to say that um, I've been trying since, uh, I think, November of 2019 to get the tier levels changed, as Aaron knows, um, and uh, I'm grateful that you're changing them now. Thank you. Um, but with respect to the advertising, um, First of all, there are a number of bills in Congress that would provide legal, uh, afford legal status to marijuana. And as a result of those, uh, those bills, some of which I believe will pass, um, especially the Safe Banking Act, which I think has pretty broad bipartisan support, including uh, our Senator Steve Daines, who is a sponsor, um, I expect marijuana to be legally uh, legal federally uh, within a year, um, and when that does come to pass, the statute and the rules uh, will have to pass the Central Hudson test. And for those of you who don't know what the Central Hudson test is, it's based on the United States Supreme Court test uh, a case concerning um, commercial speech. And there, it's a four-part test. The first part determines whether or not the product is legal 
and whether the advertising is misleading. If you pass that test, then and only then do you go on to the others. Uh, second step is whether or not there is a governmental interest in regulating the speech and whether that interest is substantial. The third is whether the regulation must directly advance gov the governmental interest asserted. And fourth, the regulation must not be more extensive than is necessary to serve the, interested, uh, the interest expressed in the third step. Um, as you know, the Montana Supreme Court upheld the advertising ban in the Montana Marijuana Act, uh, which is commonly known as Senate Bill 423. Um, in their analysis, they decided that the first prong of the Central Hudson test was not satisfied, and therefore they did not need to go any further than that. Um, if these bills in Congress do pass, the Central Hudson test will apply. And I believe that... Um, that uh, the restrictions uh, in these rules and also in the statute itself, although I realize we're not dealing with that here, um, will have to pass that test and will likely be held unconstitutional if challenged. Uh, in particular, the color restrictions in subsection 3, I believe, would not pass constitutional muster. I have a hard time seeing how that uh, is not more extensive than necessary to serve a substantial government interest. Um, the outdoor signage uh, pursuant to subsection 5A2 is overly restrictive. A 1,600 square inch sign is roughly 3 feet 4 inches by 3 feet 4 inches. This is too small to be effective uh, and um, most licensees, I'm sure, would have to retool their signage in order to comply with it. I would uh, urge that you change the rule to allow larger outdoor signs. Um, subsection 9C, I believe, is in direct conflict with House Bill four, uh, 249, um, which modifies uh, uh, MCA 5046-341, subsection 3A, to read, a licensee may engage in electronic advertising, such as maintaining a website and advertising on web applications. Social media are web applications, and it is hard to conceive of a web application more useful to a, licen a licensee. Uh, so accordingly, I urge you to revisit uh, this part of the proposed rules to allow some uh, form of social media advertising. Uh, subsection 9D, uh, to me, is also troubling to the extent that it bans flyers. Uh, defined broadly, I think it could encompass business cards. And moreover, subsection H regulates how flyers may be used. And that obviously contemplates, if it's regulating how flyers may use, be used, it's uh, contemplating the legality of flyers, not the illegality of flyers. Now, I understand that the state has an interest in prohibiting annoying and wasteful advertising, uh, such as uh, in indiscriminate uh, uh, distribution of uh, flyers on people's cars in parking lots, um, but subsection H um, regulates that. So um, I, I believe that, again, defined broadly, um, a brochure that is handed out at a, from a booth at a music or arts festival would be covered by the ban on, on flyers uh, in this rule. So uh, again, I urge you to allow flyers, uh, but also um, the regulations in subsection H, I think, would be more than adequate to do so. 
um, I would be more than happy to discuss any further uh, questions you might have. Um, I, I know that uh, Aaron and, uh, and Courtney have my email address, and uh, I'd be happy to, to speak with them further at any time. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Young. Yes, and I, I did receive your written statement as well. So, yes, thank um, you. For the record, so thank you with that. Next, please. Hi, my name is Taylan Lang, T-A-Y-L-N-L-A-N-G. I am uh, representing my dispensary, Heirloom Remedies, in, uh, in Victor, in Ravalli County. Um, a very, very rural county, and a very conservative county, um, but yet still a county that, that voted for uh, and supported legal access for marijuana. Um, 2004, and 2016, and 2020, uh, the people of the state of Montana have voted to support legal access for marijuana. And so I wanted to talk about some of the advertising uh, regulations here and restrictions. Um, some of these may make sense for, you know, a population-dense area or, um, you know, a city where, you know, you're walking by a store like this. But uh, I just recently, over the last two weeks, bought one of those green inflatable arm flailing tube net and I put it out in front of my store and I had a lady who stopped that very day and said you know what I've been driving by here for five years and I did not know this was a dispensary now mind you I have green flags out there I have a marquee um, and I have a sign and it took that for her to see going by at 80 miles an hour that I was actually a dispensary I'm actually in the process right now of putting up two other signs 8 by 16 that will say you just missed heirloom remedies as they're going north and turn right here for heirloom remedies as you're going south because that's what it takes for people to be able to see my business and for them to be able to go oh okay this is a place that i can stop now um, none of these are going to be anything that are going to have you know grossly offensive um, imagery uh, and things like that although it's kind of interesting that the state has billboards up all over the place that say, you know, here's your sign to not drive high, and it's got a big marijuana leaf on it, you know, that they can have there, but, you know, we couldn't have any imagery like that. That's okay, that's fine, that's, that's a different thing. But we should be able to have an opportunity to advertise our businesses. We shouldn't be ashamed of the industry or the businesses that we have. The people of Montana have supported us, like I said, in, in, at, the, at the ballot box three times. And so I feel like a lot of these advertising restrictions um, make me feel as if I am the red-headed stepchild being kept in the basement and not being allowed to sit at the table with the rest of the family. Um, here in the state of Montana, we value very much smaller government um, and less intrusion. And I think that some of these things go just way too far. In, uh, in, in, in overreach and, uh, and, and right now I'm fighting against the black market uh, to be just really honest since legalization has passed um, everybody and their brothers growing marijuana in their, in their garage and, uh, and, and just selling it to their friends and people around um, because they feel safe you know uh, they don't have the licensing fees that I have they don't have the testing fees that I have they don't have the payroll that I have. They don't have the insurance that I have. And so, as the first uh, lady who testified said, we really want to be driving the black market out of existence. 
and being too onerous and too draconian with advertising regulations are not going to make that happen. They're going to make that black market far more robust and they're going to drive me out of business. And I don't want that. I've invested everything that I have and I've been doing this since, since 2007. And I would hate to, to, to see my doors have to close because uh, advertising regulations drove my business out of existence and people were shopping at Joe's Place at the garage down the street. So please keep that in mind and thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Mr. Lang. Ms. Barney, thank you. Again, for the record, my name is Joanna Barney, B-A-R-N-E-Y. I'm representing the MTCIA. I am here to address one issue in the rules. We oppose the rule dis disallowing sponsorship of events and charities in our communities. I am sure there are other cannabis business people in Montana who support local groups and causes. In our membership alone, the following groups would lose important support. The Bochamp Soup Kitchen, Blue Earth Boxing, Wolf Point Pound Puppies, Dawson County Food Bank, The Attic, Dream Adaptive, Friends of the Flathead, Flathead Avalanche, Nate Shoot Foundation, Rails to Trails, Big Mountain Snow Bus Association, Disabled Firefighters, I'm sorry, Disabled Firefighters of Montana, Gateway to Glacier Community, Food Banks in two communities, and Toys for Tots in two different communities, Tamarack Grief Resource Center, Youth Dynamics, the Montana Free Press, Pavarello Center, Whitefish Trails, Cash Hide Foundation, Shop with a Cop, Putney Pets for Life, Center for Asbestos Related Disease. Members have also donated school supplies and paid off school lunch debts. The state is taxing cannabis to fund causes it believes are important. Local government is allowed to tax cannabis to fund causes it believes in. Let us support our communities too. The money is just as helpful to our neighbors coming from us as it is from the government. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Farr. My name is Katrina Farnham, and I am representing Garden Mother. Um, thank you again for allowing me this opportunity to speak today. Uh, I, again, am, am having some problems, just like everybody else in this room, with the uh, very obvious ban on advertising, which we've already been dealing with for a really long time. We've already had a lot of bans on advertising. I have not been allowed to show any sort of cannabis symbol on anything that is visible to the public eye, whether that is a sign um, or a, a product that you know a child or an adult could see, even if they are of legal age. Uh, so to have it be pushed even further is difficult. I have an Instagram page that cannot be seen by the general public. It has to be a private page, so if anybody wants to see it, they have to get on, they have to say, can I see your page? And I have to approve that they can see that page. Uh, I have a Facebook page that I don't put any cannabis-related content on. I even before one of my last inspections had my inspector come, and there was literally like the backdrop of a leaf that was totally faded out that had like a comment about hemp on it that wasn't even cannabis-related, and I had to take that down. So we know that these are already very prohibitive as it stands, so to push that further is very challenging. Um, I'm not really sure 
you know, what's happening in that language as far as whether or not we're being asked moving forward to remove those private pages also. It seems like some of the language is indicating that even that private page would be in violation, and uh, I'm not sure how we're supposed to go about removing all that, that I just have, I can't have a page or I have to delete line by line. Um, as far as the packaging itself goes, not have any colors or anything distinct um, is, is hard on a few levels. Number one, I, I have branding like everybody else. I've developed a business. It has colors associated with it, but also the products that I sell. I have created some color associations so that the people who are shopping can identify products that work for them based on some colors. So while I could sell something and I could put it out the door without those colors, uh, it, it serves some problems. Number one, I'm not really sure if... So I, I have pop tubes that are child-resistant, and I'm not sure if the pop tube itself is an issue being a color, and the label then going on that just has to be white with black lettering. If the pop tube that it comes in is an issue being a color, because let's say it's one of my business colors, um, there's no way that we are going to get supplied with white pop tubes. We have hardly been able to get supplied with the packaging we need right now because of COVID shortages. It's been a serious issue across the board with all kinds of packaging. Um, so I just think bigger picture when we're looking at restrictions, not only did we barely just get out of that and we're starting to see some of the packaging we've been having a really hard time with for a year coming back, but also you know, we're seeing more natural disasters happening. We're seeing a variant of COVID coming back. So it could be that we're starting this process again. I don't really know. And so I just wanna think about that. If I have to redo all of my packaging on my current labels, you know, what does that look like? Not only from a time frame of saying, sure, you can use those for X number of months, but then there's a cutoff point and you have to have all these new labels. What if I have packaging or, or issues with the companies that I need to print me mass rolls of those labels? So for me, that, that's another issue that hasn't, I have not heard addressed. Um, as far as the signage goes, um, the new store in the flathead that I just spent a half a year with my own labor and time and driving all the time and setting up. I had a sign company that just put up my sign and it took so long to have it done because they're so backed up. And we went back and forth and back and forth and finally they got the sign up and it says my business name on one piece of signage and it says dispensary on the other piece of signage and it's in like the crook of a building like this above where my door is. and. I can't really fit a whole lot of other sign anywhere in the building. My sign fits to this little piece of metal like this that is across the top. There is nowhere else for me to put the sign on that building. Um, the limitations, as Glenn showed us on this sign, are like seeing this. I mean, I already knew that I was a little bit alarmed, but seeing this made me just like, oh my God. I know that I drive by liquor billboards on my way to and from work, and I don't recall ever seeing a warning on them. I have driven by plenty of tobacco shops and walked by tobacco shops slowly and been like, oh, Bell Pipe, that's great that they're still around, or you know, whomever, and I don't recall ever seeing warning sign, a surgeon's general warning, or anything else that is presented outside of those or any of the vape shops that are selling cartridges that are really common now amongst the youth. I don't recall ever seeing a warning sign that 
e-juice or any of those things could be a problem. Uh, there in, on Higgins Street in Missoula, there are two cookie stores. One of them sells cannabis and one of them sells cookies. And if you were from out of town and you didn't know any better, you go rolling right into the one that sells cannabis with your five kids that all want chocolate chip cookies, and you're not going to get that there. For them to have the ability to very clearly state what they are, you're not going to have any room. You can't get your business name and anything else on a sign that you have to have that many warnings. As far as the line between medical and recreation goes, I think also I find that that is um, something I'm unclear on and whether or not having like a flyer or a business card for somebody that is still looking for a medical program and if you're also registered as a rec cultivator, where that line comes into play. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like as a business in Montana that is employing people and, you know, we're just making it work like all the other Montana citizens that get up and work really hard every day, I feel like a lot of these are having an impact on small businesses like mine that could be detrimental. It's costly, and again, there are no guarantees that I'm going to be able to have the correct packaging when that time comes, depending on what limitations are on the market, um, and I, I, I just I want to be able to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to be able to connect with people in the community, and if I can, I would also like to be able to donate to charitable causes. If I have to do it out of my own pocket, then so be it, but that money is still going to be coming from cannabis resources in one way or another. So I don't know if that's going to become an issue, that they're like, mm, you know, you can do it out of your own pocket, but we know where the funds came from. I've had my fair share of personal bank accounts shut down to know that it's easy for people to say, we can see where this is actually coming from and we, are, we don't want to do business with you. So um, at the end of the day, I know that everybody in here has worked really hard to be where they are and um, we just want to stay in business. So we need advertising as well. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Josh Van de Wettering. Last name is spelled V as in Victor, A-N-D-E-W-E-T-E-R-I-N-G, and it is definitely one of those pains in the neck. Um, <clears throat> I represent Lionheart Caregiving. I'm an attorney, um, and we are preparing a long list of you know very specific uh, objections we have, and we too, of course, are objecting to uh, the advertising issues. I want to talk today in, in more general terms because I do think there are some general problems. First, I want to talk about consumers. And I hope in all of your <clears throat> uh, rulemaking, you'll think primarily of from the perspective of the consumer first. And, and I agree with the people who are worried about them going to the black market, but we also worry about people who won't go to the black market. And I'm from Missoula. I realize that we've got the snowboarder crew who's getting medical marijuana, and I realize that's the perception of a lot of folks, and we have them. But we have a whole lot of people who are genuine medical patients who really need it, and they won't go to the black market. You know why? Because they're law-abiding citizens, or they don't know about the black market. They will merely suffer. They will simply do without. And a lot of those people, they have special needs. They need to be able to figure out where am I going to go for the particular strain I want. Maybe it's not Lionheart. Maybe it's one of these little tiny guys. Those little tiny guys need to be able to get their message out there too, the same as we do. So my first message is please think about from the perspective of the consumer. 
My second message is about enforcement. I get more calls from my client about advertising enforcement than anything else. I, every now and then, you know, I'll hear about some other store's label that's not up to snuff, so what? We don't care that much. But you know what? When one person is advertising and someone else isn't, that is a problem. If, so if you're going to make a rule, you must enforce. And I don't think enforcement has been sufficient so far. And when I look at a list of rules like this, one of the first things I say to myself as a lawyer and a former prosecutor is, how are you going to enforce this? Because I don't see that the advertising is being enforced now. And, and the inspectors are busy. I mean, they're really busy doing the stuff you know that we think matters more, right? That making sure that all of the plants that are being grown are being entered and all that sort of thing that really protects the system. If you can't enforce it, don't make the rule because it's just going to lead people to believe that there isn't enforcement of anything. It's going to lead people to encourage or it's going to encourage people to break the rules and it just undermines enforcement generally. So if you can't enforce it, don't make it, and I don't see how you're going to do a lot of these. I would urge you to minimize the uh, restrictions on advertising as much as you can. And, and one suggestion I'd have is a lot of these rules, especially for the signing stuff, I would argue are much better left to localities. Uh, certainly Missoula, Billings, Great Falls, they all have sign ordinances. Let the localities decide what the signs should look like. There's no reason in the world that the state should be regulating someone's sign above their business, except in the broadest terms. So I think you've um, gone too far. I think you've gone too far into the minutiae here, especially with respect to signage. Um, and we'll include the rest of our uh, objections, which are in the minutia uh, in written terms. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Van Der Wetting. Hi everyone, uh, Antoinette Leininger, L-I-N-I-N-G-E-R, um, I represent Secret Sun Farms, and I just want to say thank you. I was at the in this room a couple years ago, four years ago, and the representatives of the bill and um, weren't even looking at us, let alone taking notes. So I appreciate your attention, it, and I think we can make something really great. Um, on these rules um, are more about dismantling the brands, Montana businesses, and people in cannabis built um, than it is about appropriate advertising. Um, I've built relationships with my customers and community through our brand. I've invested in my brand. I am proud of it, and I object to the provisions in 42.1032 that disallow our logos and color and our signage and doesn't allow us to post images of our products on our web pages. I request reasonable rulemaking and not de deconstruction of years worth of work uh, of relationship building with through our brands. Um, that being said, we are dismantling a taboo also um, around marijuana and I don't think that this helps put a better picture. I mean, you've talked to us, you've gotten to know us a little bit. Um, we're just regular folk. We're not a bunch of criminals. We have the best intent of Montanans in the communities in mind. We help people. Um, so we should be able to be proud and have people not recognize us as cannabis and as 
drug dealers and that we're out to get the children and because we're not right we're just we care um, and the communities that we work with know that and there hasn't been a lot of trouble in like 10 years so let's make sure that we're kept in a positive light because we have a lot of impact which is one of the best parts of our job but it's positive impact and there's nothing better in life than that. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Lewis. <clears throat> My name is Dave Lewis. I'm a policy analyst for the Montana Cannabis Guild. And I have a fairly narrow point to make, probably because I'm so old. I remember that in 1926, the state of Montana was the first state to repeal prohibition. And so we have almost 100 years of the state's history of re regulating the alcohol industry. And I guess what I would urge the department to look at is look when it comes to the signage issue and advertising to kind of take advantage of some of the lessons that have been learned over that 100 years. I can drive through any small town in Montana and know where I can go buy a drink. I don't have to walk in and see the warnings posted on the door. I'm an adult. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing and what's appropriate and what is not. So I guess I'm thinking that anything beyond that is really punitive as far as uh, talking to the, to the cannabis industry. I think that you need to put it in the perspective of that. We've got every service station in the state, I swear, advertising CBD. Uh, we have bars and, and taverns all over the state that are regulated by the department, provide a, an, a, legal, uh, a legal drink for whatever you, for, I guess might as well just call it, to, to an adult. Uh, what's the difference? I mean, we have a legal industry approved by the voters providing a legal product to adults. Let's kind of try and build off of what we've learned over the last hundred years. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Mr. Peterson. Yeah, Pepper Peterson, CEO of the Montana Cannabis Guild. Uh, you know, I could stand up here and talk all day. You guys know me. I'm very long-winded. I'm going to try to keep it narrow. Um, uh, I want to applaud the department for the new tiers. We needed them. Um, I think that uh, the sooner the better. I'm sure that Bloom is absolutely waiting in the wings to get their approval. I know that several of our members are as well. But I want to talk about the advertising stuff. And we talk about intent, you know, and the word intent was thrown a lot as, as we came into this hearing. We're, we're governing on intent. And I've talked to the committee members pretty frequently. I will harass you if you're involved in this industry and you are a regulator, you know, because that's my job. And so I've been on the phone with Ellsworth and Katie Sullivan and, and Morgeau and a lot of those guys and met with them personally. I think we've had, you know, more than 15 meetings since the end of the legislature and talked about these things. Let me tell you, this is not the intent. 701 or of, of the advertising one, 285 or whatever the number is. Um, and it, very specifically, we talked about advertising marijuana products. You may not advertise marijuana products is what the legislation says. This is not what this says, guys. This says you can't advertise. It says you can't advertise marijuana products. So we can't say, hey, guys, come by a joint. Hey, guys, come by a dab. Hey, guys, come by, you know, uh, uh, the best flower in the world. We can't say those things. But... Nobody ever said that we couldn't identify ourselves as businesses. We couldn't have signage. It's absurd. I mean, it's like somebody took a bucket of garbage and threw it against the wall to see what's going to stick here. It's what this feels like. This is not what we talked about in the legislature. I mean, I know. I wrote 190. I know what it says. I was there when they were writing 701. I know what it says. I know what the advertising restrictions said. This is not reflective of what was in the legislative packages. 
This is not. This is a ban on advertising. This is not a ban on advertising marijuana products. I had these very specific conversations with these lawmakers about this. I said, I want to be able to advertise my CBD products just like that gas station does. And they said, no problem. That's not what we're governing here. We're governing the sale of marijuana products and the advertising of those marijuana products. And so if I put up a, a sign that says, you know, come visit my business, I'm not going to put edibles, joints, tinctures on that sign, and I'm within the law. Uh, that was the intent of the legislature, if we want to talk about intent. This is not the intent of this legislative package. There was no intent to make us disappear. The intent was to make sure that we weren't advertising products that are not legally available for a certain age group to talk about those, just like a liquor store. You don't say, hey, shots of fireball, you know, at this bar are on sale. No, you say, you come here and have a nice meal with us. You know, you come here and we're all 565 or whatever, you know, but nobody ever said that we weren't going to be able to advertise our businesses existing. Um, that's what this does. All this needs to be erased, guys. That was not the intent of the legislation. This needs to be erased. Every one of these. We don't need to go through and pick how can we adjust these. These need to be erased. You need to start over. You need to say how do we stop advertising of marijuana products. Not advertising of marijuana businesses, but advertising of marijuana products specifically. That's what that law says. It says you cannot advertise marijuana products. It does not say you can't advertise marijuana businesses. It does not say you can't say where you are. It does not say you can't sponsor things. It doesn't say any of those things. It says you can't advertise marijuana products. This is way outside of that scope. So, you know, we can get specific on it. Uh, the, the specific on the absurdities. Um, I want to point out something here. I've got something I want to show everyone. I think a few people in this room got this letter. This is the logo that has been presented to the public for the Cannabis Control Division, right here on this letterhead. It is a big, fat marijuana leaf. Right here in this letter says you can't, we can't use that. So do as I say, not as I do. That's not good policy for any government to carry forward. If you're going to be using a marijuana leaf on your Cannabis Control Division stuff, then by God, we need to be able to use that thing too. Um, I'm not going to say what your graphic design should be. Either way, it's not my business. But What's good for the goose is good for the gander. So don't run around putting big marijuana leaves or pictures of joints on billboards or any of those things that we can't do because that's absurd. This sign is ridiculous. I mean, for anybody to have even thought that this was rational in any way, shape, or form, to allow it to have gotten to this point is absurd. This is absurd. How is this representative of anything that came out of that legislation, guys? It's not. I don't know who's pushing the buttons on this. I don't understand what this is, but this feels like every sort of, of, of obstacle that could be put in front of these businesses operating legitimately is being designed and put into place in these administrative rules, and it's absurd. This thing here, I just, I just can't get over this. I mean, we thought about what this would look like, and I talked to Josh Grosney about making this, and he said, ah, somebody on the forum's doing it. Thanks for bringing this. This thing is freaking absurd. I can't say that enough times. I mean, I don't understand how we got to this point. This is not what any of this legislation said, guys. Start over, because this ain't it. This ain't it. We can't advertise marijuana products. So I'm, I'm absolutely in favor of us saying, 
don't put on your windows that you got joints or pre-rolls or concentrates or the best dab on damn earth, you know. That's cool. But for me to say, you to say, you can't even say what your business name is on your building. And, and all these businesses have existed for a, a nice, I mean, even the ones that just popped up, they've got signage that costs money. This is the takings. You know, this, this, this is not how to do business. It's not how to build a good relationship with this either. I mean, let, let's not play this game. Let's, let's follow the laws it was written. But, you know, again, I, I, I'm a redheaded stepchild, so I don't want to cast that aspersion, you know. And, uh, <laughs> but, I, I mean, this guy's liquor gives us an excellent example to follow. And, and a lot of you came out of liquor, so you know what those regulations say. This ain't what, this ain't what liquor says. We should be able to advertise our businesses. We should be able to advertise products that are not within the marijuana product. You know, if I'm not advertising a joint, I should be able to talk about my CD product, CBD products. The gas station's talking about them. I, every vet, veterinarian that I drive by in Montana now has some get CBD for your dog. Like, I can, they can advertise CBD for dogs, but I can't advertise CBD for sick cancer patients. That's ridiculous. That's not what any of this legislation said, guys. We need to start over. In another comment period, this stuff needs to go. So be happy to sit down and talk with any of you about the intent. And, and there's, there's a whole host of us that were here for the legislative hearings for the intent, and this wasn't the intent. None of the stuff that we've talked about today was in the scope of the intent of the legislation. If we need to bring those legislators back in here to talk about that intent, let's do that. But let's not do this because where we're going is dangerous. And it's empowering the black market, and it is creating the, the, the absurdity into regulation that is going to create mountains of problems of paperwork for your inspectors. It's going to create an absurd amount of work for people to be reviewing every single Facebook page that pops up. Um, and, and most of all, this is just going to, it's going to make people... It's going to make people have a poor relationship with the state. They're going to say, why in the hell am I doing this when I can just go grow this in my garage without any interference from the government and just sell it out the back door? We need to empower these businesses so that they can continue to do business in a very positive and public way. This ain't it. So there you go. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Hi, my name is Elliot Lindsay. I'm with Grizzly Pine in Bozeman, Montana. Mr. Lindsay, could you spell your last name? Sure, it's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. Great, thank you. Uh, I, I could echo a lot of the things that everybody said, but I, I have two main points. I think, uh, first and foremost, branding and colors, that is a consumer protection. With wholesale coming online, we need to be able to, as consumers, differentiate between good products and bad products in people's stores. It's super important. Um, something like this is not going to help people know that they're getting the product that they want. My second point is pretty simple. This is a copy of my sign permit from Bozeman, Montana. It took me months and months to get. I am a little over double the recommended uh, allotted space. Um, if I have to rebuild my sign, I have to go through this process again. And frankly, it's just not doable with the supply chain shortages and the amount of building that's happening in Bozeman right now. Um, so I, I hope that you guys can reconsider the signage and uh, make it something that's workable for small business. And I'll leave a copy of this. With Thank you, you yeah. very much. Thanks. Hi, 
Hi, my name is Evan Kajander, K-A-J-A-N-D-E-R. I'm the owner of Apogee Gardens. I'm not going to say anything new, but I think it's important that I re-emphasize some things that were said today, because I really want to get across that this could create some serious problems. I'm going to start with what Elliot spoke on brand. A lot of us have spent a lot of time building our brand, a lot of money building our brand, a lot of resources building our brand. It is how we are differentiated by consumers. If you take that away from us, they're not going to know where they want to go. Um, I want to talk about this sign a little bit. Um, visibility. Uh, both of my stores are off highways, uh, 70 mile per hour speed limits. There is no way that someone can read this or even come close to reading what's at the bottom while driving 70 miles per hour by my store. My stores are set off because they're on highways. There's a limit to how close I can place my sign. This will not be readable. This will also, and it was spoken upon earlier, it may cause safety problems because people are going to be looking for my store driving 70 miles per hour and they're not going to be able to see it. The last thing about visibility is that if consumers can't find us, they will go to the black market. And I just want to re-emphasize the whole goal of this is to keep black market marijuana off the streets, right? If they can't find our businesses, we're defeating the purpose of both medical and recreational cannabis. We regulate this for a reason, so our consumers have a safe, tested product that they can take, right? If, we can't, if they can't identify us, they'll be buying stuff off the black market that has not been tested, and they do not know what they are putting in their body. Social media, same thing. If consumers can't find us, they're going to go to the black market. This is so important, y'all. The reason we created this program was to keep people off the black market, make sure they have a safe product that they can use. The last thing I want to touch on, this idea that we can't sponsor or donate to charities. I know Pepper used the word absurd. I don't like using strong words like that, but it is, right? You're basically saying that we cannot be respected members of our community. And that is not okay. I, I, one of the reasons I got into this was to help people and to give back. And you're taking that away from me. And, you know, I just have to, I'm just going to say again, that's not okay. I will be submitting some, some written testimony as well. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Great. My name is Stephen Marin. I'm manager for Apogee Gardens. Uh, this is a great sign. It, it does a great point of illustrating one of the main points of how little you can read, especially from my shop. About 130 uh, feet back from the highway, 70 mile an hour. But it... It, while it's a great sign, it still fails to even do one of the parts of the thing, which is we can't use marijuana on our outdoor signage. From what I've been reading in this, oh, we can, but our outdoor signage has to specifically identify the retail outlet by its licensed name, which not even this does, which makes this even worse of an imposition upon every one of the businesses that's trying to make a name for themselves, trying to do all of the things correctly and not have all of our business be driven to Joe's Garage, three doors down, growing weed illegally. On top of that, I come from, I was running a, short, a recreational store in Washington for four years, and 
my store, I had interactions with regulation, radio, regulating officers from multiple different stores because we were a chain. Every one of them, without exception, said the one thing that they can't stand doing out the most out of their job is going to major a sign. A lot of the time you can't even get to the sign. You have to estimate. It doesn't, it's, this is ridiculous. I mean, I, I'm sorry. It just is ridiculous. It, it puts, and they have every licensee have every sign replaced by something like this by December 31st of this year is an incredible burden on every one of these licenses. I, I'm also going to be submitting some recommendations of my own and okay. some possible things, but I just, this is, it, it's hard to underestimate, understate how bad this is for everybody. If you're trying to read this driving, you're going to crash your car. You just will. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Hello, my name's Dan Metzger, M-E-T-Z-G-E-R. I own a company, a new one. Uh, gone through all of the hoops and jumps and everything you have to do to get into the business. Uh, and uh, we're in one of the busiest intersections in the state, uh, near Four Corners in Bozeman, Montana. Um, it took about a month and a half uh, to get the signage permit. As you know, Bozeman's growing just like Missoula and other places in Montana. And the whole point of the ordinances is safety. And we have an environment where the number of cars that are coming by are growing astronomically. They want big signs. They don't want little signs. They don't want people trying to read something. They want them to be able to quickly know exactly what you're there for. So this is a safety issue. Um, point two. The point of advertising is to create an impression. So genericizing advertising creates a very bad impression. The consumers rely on branding to determine quality, consistency, safety, regulation, and by genericizing packaging or advertising, you create a terrible bad connotation for what it is. So you're totally defeating what the voters of the state have asked for, which was legalization of adult use marijuana. So to go ahead and purposely create a bad impression for all of our businesses in the face of the voters, it's kind of embarrassing. I really want you to reconsider what you're thinking about. Really, you should be putting us in a place where the consumer can feel good about walking into a dispensary, not feel like they're dirty, not feel like they're doing something illicit, or potentially getting a product that's not up to speed. Most of us, everyone in this room, is brand conscious. Every decision that we make as a consumer is based on those factors that advertising and branding help. 
sort of genericize it and put it all one size fits all, you're damaging your intent and what the voters asked for. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Metzger. My name is Mariah Bond, and I guess I'm here representing Euphoria Wellness, but also like the mindset of a millennial. Um, I help run Euphoria Wellness, but I'm very active on Instagram, and obviously our Instagram is private. People can't see our Instagram unless they request to see our Instagram, but I have seen multiple Instagrams who, whether or not they are legal companies, I have seen ones that are illegal advertising on Instagram. and so. Going back to some points made earlier, when you have oversight that already isn't being take, taken into full like consideration, you aren't able to regulate right now. How are you going to go and regulate something that's even taking us even further away from what the actual intent of I-90 and the passing of 701 was supposed to do? Thank you, Ms. Bond. Are there any other commenters? All right, seeing none, um, I'd just like to remind folks that our comment period for the proposed rulemaking is open through 5 p.m. August 23rd, 2021. You can submit written comments, email them to me as an attachment or, or just text an email. Uh, again, my email address is todd.olson at mt.gov. With that, thank you very much for attending today's rule hearing. And with that, I will close this hearing.